0: Thanks so much for tuning in. This is a bonus track to supplement the last episode. Today's topic is going to be on the transition to body fellowship. And again, we'll hear from the similar panel, including two fellows and two attendings, both in body subspecialty, who will give their advice on transitioning to this new role. I hope you enjoy it.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is William Hong and I'm one of the body MRI fellows at Stanford. So I'm still a fellow, but what has been helpful for me is having the mindset that I've completed my residency already. At this point, I should be able to independently practice radiology safely, but now I'm also getting subspecialty and advanced training. So don't think of it as just a fifth year residency. When you're reviewing the cases and drafting the reports, ask yourself if that's what you would say if you were the one signing the report. Also, because of your level of training, the readout should increasingly become more of a discussion with your attending, rather than them just telling you what they see. And that discussion is the kind of learning that you just can't get from a textbook. And that education is what you are doing fellowship for. Lastly, I also think it's helpful if you can do some moonlighting. The extra income is always nice, especially if you live in a high cost of living area. But more importantly, it gives you that real world experience of being the person who final signs the report. And it also helps you not forget the general radiology that you might not see during your fellowship.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Komal. I'm a body radiology fellow at Stanford University. Body radiology is very versatile. It's super in demand right now. So I think it's a great field to go into within radiology. It's very rewarding as well, since you get to work with clinical teams and surgical teams as well. Um, I think if you're an R4 or an an R3 who is looking into going into body um, with the training that you have left, I personally think that MRI is a really good thing to focus on because um, it tends to be one of the more complex imaging modalities within body. Um, so focus on this if you're a third year or fourth year. And then uh, I also would say, you know, go beyond just reading the study. Now it's time for you to pay attention to how protocols are built and put together. This applies to really all modalities, CT, MR, um, even ultrasounds. Um, and it's really just the next step from reading studies to actually developing the protocols. I think this is a this is a good skill to have. So start paying attention to the sequences that you're reading. Why was the sequence done? Why are you looking at the images that you're looking at? When if something went wrong, why did it go wrong and how could you have fixed that? And then I also recommend Before you've applied, before you apply to fellowship, take a look at the SAR website. It has a lot of really good resources. One of the things that it has is um, a comparison of all of the curricula of the body fellowships available in the U.S., um, and that includes ACGME, non-ACGME accredited fellowships as well. So it's really nice to take a look at, oh, how many months of MR does each fellowship Uh, provide, does it have electives available, you know, these kinds of things It there's a table available for you to actually look at to easily compare programs, so really recommend taking a look at that before you apply to places.
3: Hello, everybody. My name is Aman Karana. I am an assistant professor of radiology at University of Kentucky, and I was a former body fellow at Stanford back in 2018-2019. Body fellowship is hard, but it's really an amazing experience because you really get to finesse your advanced body radiology skills and get really good at typical pathologies such as Crohn's disease, abdominal pelvic cancer staging, liver or LIRADS MRI, etc. My advice would be to start reading focused body radiology specific papers such as rectal cancer staging, incidental pancreatic cyst management recommendations, MR defecography, and also advanced papers such as pancreatic cancer neurovascular spread. Because now you go from seeing the findings to creating high-quality reports and recommending future follow-ups under the guidance of your attendings.
0: Our final perspective is no stranger to the show. Please welcome clinical assistant professor from Stanford University, Dr. Luo Shen.
4: Well, I think it's great if anybody wants to go into body fellowship. Um, It is not general radiology. It's a very high-end advanced imaging fellowship. And um, to uh, contradict popular belief, what you learned in residency about about body imaging is not enough to be a um, subspecialty body imager. Um, I went through the transition myself about a few years ago. What I think was harder for me was not so much of the speed necessarily because, you know, I was born fast and rushed my entire life. Um, But what I found difficult was a lot of those high-end inpatient, post-surgical, up, um, abscess formation, complication. These patients, their CT is very complex. And um, without reading it a lot in residency or have the confident level of prelim, a um, nice report on those, I found that that was the hardest, that was the most steep learning curve for me to really how to manage a super complex post-op inpatient study. And you just, at the beginning, just have to take the time, again, very systematically go through the search pattern you created, find all the findings in every organ, every space, then take a step back, synthesize the big picture. Again, stay clinically relevant, otherwise you get lost, clinicians get lost, and you forgot what you're supposed to look for in the big picture. Then the other hard thing about body fellowship is oncology imaging, because we just do so many, the volume plus the complexity in the tertiary center at Stanford or UCLA where you're trained. When you put these two together, it can be very overwhelming at the beginning. Again, use the same strategy. Find the findings systematically and step back and synthesize a big picture. But stay clinically relevant. I think eventually you will gain speed and increase accuracy as well. So transitioning to body fellowship, just keep in mind, it is not an easy fellowship. I don't care where you go or where you choose to go. It's not going to be an easy year. Every program has its difficulties and um, its call schedule. And a lot of places you do have to work overnight. So just expectations, set the expectations right. It's not going to be easy year. You're not going to go on a lot of vacations for fun and you will work long hours and tiring hours as well. As long as you set the expectation right and lower the better. If you walk in the place, have very low expectation, anything above your low expectation is actually going to be a positive finding for you and makes you a little bit happier. So setting very low expectation, Knowing that you can do anything for a year and just work very hard for a year. Body fellowship is probably the second hardest fellowship behind IR. IR spends more time and taking more call and body is not that far behind. So with that in mind, you're going to be a lot less grumpy and less depressed during your body fellowship. And then when you are in a better mood and... Don't complain as much, and knowing that, um, you know, your expectation is actually lower than what is in in reality, you'll be happier and therefore more successful in a fellowship. And also, do not think you deserve more than what you got. That is a wrong mentality, and it's not going to serve you well in your fellowship or in your future career, or as a human being in general.
0: Okay, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Lou, and everyone else for those contributions. I would have to agree with several of those points. I think uh, the biggest pitfall I made was I would always try to just kind of plow through cases in the volume, and I really, uh, where I made mistakes was just not spending enough time on the chart, and again, chart biopsying, like I had discussed in the previous episode. I think now as an attending, you know, I have uh, the advantage of kind of sitting down, and and now I kind of treat it as a game, and I'll try to guess what the history is. Um, but I think that as a trainee, uh, you will be really ill-prepared for a readout if, if you don't know the, uh, the history and the surgical procedure that went with it oftentimes. And I think my second point is I know it can be hard to really follow up on your cases, especially if you don't have a really good system. I know that there are several systems will automatically email you the pathology uh, of some of the cases that you've followed up. Not all programs have this luxury. Um, I think Dr. Arty Sakar from Emory, uh, she's probably the queen of following up on cases and I know that the strategy she utilizes is you know she'll take the time to email the trainees on the cases or the medical students or the surgeons and and follow up and say hey did you see what that pathology was and and I think that's it really solidifies in your mind what the pathology was to that case but also if you're a visual learner like I suspect many of us are as radiologists it kind of associates the cases with with faces and who you worked with and oh I remember that time I did that just with so-and-so or uh, that really unique pathology that came back with you know, my fellow Komal or William. So I think having those tricks that make, you know, following up on cases fun can really help as well. Thank you so much to everyone in our panel uh, for this short and quick episode. If you like these episodes or have any ideas for future topics, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thank you so much.